But local is important for when people are searching for things. If you, as a business owner, don't have your business in local, you're missing out on a lot of people that don't know where they're going. We see that a lot for people uh, that are tourists that come into town here, and they're looking for something. How many choices could there be? (laughs) This is a very large area, Chris Miller, and there's mountains here. It's huge, man. It's got two grocery stores. We're going to go to the McDonald's. Listen, we have a super Walmart and a Best Buy, so get off my D. Please. Wednesday, July 10th, 2013. This is episode 62 of Yet, right here every Wednesday night, yet on our tech show.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Larry Press. What's up, Larry? Good to see you guys. We got Richard Hay. What's up, Richard? Doing well, thanks. We had Aunt Pruitt. Aunt is no longer yeah. with us. What's up, Aunt? Uh, we got Chris Miller. What's up, Chris? Buenas noches. Uh, we also Whoa. got Nick Carroll from uh, AOTA. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Uh, just since you're new to YATS here, uh, just a quick, you were taking your CCNA test yesterday. Uh, we mentioned that on, on AOTA because you were taking a break in between studying. And how did, did the break hurt or help you? It, it was good. I needed a break. I, I'd spent probably 12 to 13 hours studying at that point just that day. And I've been off since Saturday afternoon. I've been studying pretty hardcore since then. So... Yeah, I was uh, glad to get it over with. And even with all that, you totally failed the test. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) I uh, came close, though. I was uh, like 10 points uh, above uh, the passing threshold, so I passed. But, man, I'm glad it's over with. So, yeah. So, congrats. You're our uh, new new CCNA security expert. Good deal. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I now know how little I know. Yeah, I thought he was a CPA. I was all sorts of questions. Oh, yeah, we also have a new accountant yeah. for Yats. He'll be cooking the books for us for the rest of the duration. <laughs> so uh, let's start things out. We posted this in the Google Plus community, a uh, little, little discussion. Uh, we thought it was interesting with the whole NSA PRISM stuff coming out, this article on the HuffPo about the government actually paying the carriers, AT&T and Verizon specifically named in uh, this particular article, but they're paying them for every wiretap. And I thought Larry had an interesting point. Do you want to, do you want to mention your point, Larry? Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool because the government's paying them. Where does government get the money from our taxes? So what we're basically doing, then they turn around, AT&T takes not the whole piece of money, but a little bit of that money to buy senators and congressmen and stuff. And so we're basically paying them to screw us. We're feeding this snake that's constantly eating its tail forever and ever and ever. But it's not a joke. It's really kind no, of it's, uh, yeah. it's the end of the world, man. It kind of is in a way, right? Unless you want – I saw another post. I think it was from an Atlantic article that says if you're worried about the NSA spying on you, move to Montana. And I was like, wait a sec. 
I live in Montana. Maybe it was in the New Yorker. It was in one of those. And I was like, wait, I live here, and I'm I'm not like worried about it, but I know it's happening. And just because I live here doesn't mean that every time we do one of these shows or any, you know, it, it's no different. There's still, but because of some uh, house bill that got passed, it says that the uh, the authority needs special warrants and whatnot to to do wiretapping if you live in Montana. Which, okay. I'm sure that helps, right? I'm less concerned with the wiretapping part than just this vicious circle of, uh, you know, they're charging exorbitant fees, which come out of tax dollars, and then they use, you know, they use that to cement their oligopoly, to cement their monopoly. It's just, it's like the death of capitalism. Well, and what other examples can we take from from the government? We have the, the, the prison system. Is that helping society when it's in their best interest to keep a ninety-eight percent, you know, full full prison at all times? It like makes them look for reasons to put you into that prison so that they can pay and make money. And it, it, this seems like that same model. It's like you're making money, but you're screwing everybody from the person under you on down in order to do that, and it's not helping or benefiting society at all. And then- and then you use the money that you're making to influence elections and to, to influence exactly, and in it Congress. further and corrupts it, the system that's end? already corrupt. It's yeah. So AT and T, for example, it says here imposes a three hundred and twenty-five dollar activation fee for each wiretap and ten dollars a day to maintain it. And I think it's also good. It makes me feel a little better to know that at least we're not the only ones getting screwed by the carriers. Like, the government is also getting screwed with activation fees. They probably have to pay if they cut their contracts short and all that. So, at least well, they're equally... dollars a day is a killer. It's like $3,600, you know, a year. Right. And they're saying that, so, like, say $775 for the first month, $500 for each month after that. Uh, and that's according to these disclosures made by Congressman Edward Markey. Uh, it says, meanwhile, email records like those amassed by the NSA through a program revealed by Edward Snowden, as we've been talking about, uh, those are collected for free or very cheaply. Uh, they, the ACLU found that email records can be turned over for as little as $25. So, I mean... There was an interesting discussion because people are like, well, it's, it's SSL. A lot of the traffic that we use on the Internet is SSL and this and that. And it's like, well, the, the SSL is only secure if the certificate authority that signs it is secure. So who's to say that the CIA hasn't come into those security authorities that, and been like, hey, we want your keys. They, they can't or be some, like, Or some valid keys. From or some valid keys. Or we just want to make our own and sign yours. Well, I mean, once... 500... There's once, 500 trusted CAs. Once the, once the integrity of that system fails, though, then anyone signs anything, and who cares? Then there is no trust there. There is no – I mean, how do you know at that point? You don't. Yeah, but there's like 500 trusted CAs in the world, and like the, you know, the post office of Bermuda has a trusted CA. And the Hong Kong <laughs> post office. I mean, and all, come right. on. So there's no way the NSA would have a certificate like that. Of course not. They're not signing anything. So, uh, Chris Miller, thoughts on this at all? Do you care? Are we done talking I'm about I'm sorry. I'm processing payments right now for my friends that use my home phone oh. to <laughs> supplement my payment to the government for everything else. Uh, you know, I think a market soon is going to be burner phones anyway. I think burner phones are going to be the biggest thing in the world, right? 
So you never know who owns them. Listen to the calls. Who cares? Everyone will be selling burner phones. Contract free. Buy it for a day. Buy some minutes. Off we go. Hey, Why Richard. I... Yeah. Richard, how much does Google get for their uh, what they turn over? No, please. Come on now. It's a, it's a lucrative business. But it's it's data, right? Any information is important and has a price tag attached to it, depending on the time, yeah, I, the terror I'd level. I sell all the email that Matt's ever sent me for ten bucks. Really, I only got five oh, yeah. to send them five all bucks. yours. I got lowballed. <laughs> they only offered me five bucks. Yeah, the, the big thing that concerns me about this is is just business. That's all it's all it is to these guys. It's the government and these companies, and it's just business. It seems like. I don't know. I guess that's disconcerting to me. It's just, oh, just another charge, another wiretap. Mm -hmm. Well, to some degree, think about it, though. I mean, phone companies have been regulated and dealing and managed by government agencies for decades. So it's like they had, they, they, in fact, Ma Bell had kind of a legally allowed monopoly mm -hmm. under the auspices of, okay, you'll be acting in the public interest as defined by the U.S. government. Um, but you know, Google has not had that that kind of history with the government. Uh, you know, I mean, if they're you know if they're monitoring things, it's upstream. It's not with us, right? And that's exactly what our our press releases have said. Upstream taps, yeah. upstream taps, and then dipping into that real time information signal and picking and choosing what they need for the time being and archiving the rest. But they. Rich, they do come to you guys with these requests, right? Well, and that's that. There's, there, there, I didn't, we didn't put in the rundown, but I mean, there's a number of articles about how Google has been trying to petition the FISA court to allow us to give yeah. more details about exactly how many, not just how many requests, but the scope of the requests. Yeah. Right, and we've talked about it on the show that when they do release those numbers, because it does, Facebook and Google both released some numbers a while ago that we we mentioned that they they get. You know, between zero and ten thousand of these requests yeah, every. We can't really. Pin no, it it's for our own safety, right? I mean, look at if you go outside and look at all the terrorism that's not happening. I mean, job well done, guys. Job well done. I'm safe. Are you guys safe? Well, okay. So the the counter argument to that is basically. That the, the there's two kinds of surveillance states. Those that are you know. You know, abusing their power, and those that are that have not abused their power yet, <laughs> but who will soon? Sure. Well, exactly. So, I mean, this is the the argument against having this kind of global fishnet surveillance stuff, right? And which are we? Uh, well, I would assume. Well, who knows? A little of I both. Mean, we've done some. Maybe. We have some shady shit in our history, like the McCarthy, the, or, or the, the Nixon uh, stuff, or whatever Nixon right? stuff, and yeah, I mean. It's yeah. It's happened before, and it'll yeah. happen again. But I'm with Nick. I'm more worried that this is just business as usual. You know, it's just it's it's just putting money in the pockets of AT and T, which they can use to turn around and do lobbying and and buy votes. And it just it just uh, we're getting in deeper and deeper. Well, instead well, of the, the acid test here, as you say, if you put J Edgar Hoover in charge of the program. Would it scare you? There you go. <laughs> and then if the answer is yes, then get rid of the problem. <laughs> who would you rather have, J. Edgar Hoover or maybe a Chinese guy, whoever he is? 
Well, it certainly cut the legs out from under Obama saying to the Chinese, you know, stop hacking us, right? Yeah, really. Those stories have dried up. <laughs> and haven't they also turned up the same kind of stuff in Germany and England and other all places? All of the EU, man. They were tapping all of the EU and all of these embassies, and they're very upset about that because they're, that's well, their, their Obama business. Well, said, everybody does this. Yeah. So it's okay that, like... Oh, well, well sorry. When I worked at bases in Germany, they would put a Type 1 encryptor that would, you know, encrypt everything back to the Pentagon because they just assumed the Germans were tapping the, the the lines coming out of the base. I mean, you know, that was just, that was assumed, right? Well, and don't you, you do then further that assumption by saying, we're doing it, they're doing it, there go, everyone's doing it. Well, that's kind of what Obama said whenever they were like, well, what about these other taps? He's like, ah, oh, it's intelligence. You want to be intelligent, or... All the countries do it. Yeah. But where does... I I heard it discussed on another show, but they were kind of talking about the line that, like, where does that become corporate espionage, where you're spying on these partners that you do business with, and you're having access to this information, and doesn't that cloud the whole business relationship? Do then they not want to do business with you anymore because you have these unfair... You know, uh, the you're you're listening, you're spying on us. Uh, you know, well, basically, it's insider trading in a way. Well, define collect. Wow. You know that if if I collect, if I have the data, but I don't take the book off the sh- library shelf, then it's not collecting. It's like it's only when I look at the book that's. And then and we you just have to trust us that that's all we're doing. Like apparently on. that's the way that it's been sold to us so far. Just right? a, a spit and a handshake. Yeah, they have a court order to look at the book. I'm going to court order to burn the book. I mean, court, I'm going to advocate Fahrenheit 450. Well, <laughs> and then we'll need a FISA for the court. Okay. Uh, let's move on and talk about some technology stuff. Do you see uh, Google coming out and saying the next on the chopping block is Latitude, another service I use that not very many other people do. Anybody here else besides me use Latitude? Chris Miller, yes, you used it? Just me and Chris? Yes. Richard, you don't use Latitude? Uh, I think I turned it on a couple of times. I never really pay attention to where I'm going. So no. I'm in the same camp. I use maps, but I never really get, use Latitude. Just for really? me, I don't do a lot of traveling. So. I guess the I started really using it when we were doing podcast meetups, and a bunch of us would go to a place where, you know, and so we could all see kind of where everyone was at, and then and, and that. It was kind of useful for that, but. Yeah, as far as just day-to-day stuff, I have my auto check-in set, but it's not really... I, I only go to it to use, like, the location history because it's interesting to see how far I drive every day because I drive, but, yeah, I don't know. Not anything. I, I would just like Ingress to show you other Ingress players. <laughs> well, and that's funny you should mention that. That's why I started using it for with a friend of mine. He's on the Enlightened side, and I, I was always texting him, like, how long until you're here to get me so we can go fall off? And he's like... Use latitude. I'm like, holy crap! You use latitude, and so we started using latitude. He's on the other side. Are you sure he's your friend? I don't know. He well, may be a, a government official. Portal trading thing, where it's like I oh. take the portal and put a L1 resonator, you take the portal and you put an L1 resonator. Yeah. So let me, add, let me let me ask you, Matt. How come you didn't use something like Glimpse? I would use Glimpse if somebody wasn't using latitude and I was running late for somewhere, and I was like, yo, here's where I'm at. I'll be there when I get there. But it it was nice having it built into maps, honestly. 
I, I would like to see ways and glimpse and uh, some of the cool check-in stuff of latitude all built into the new Google Maps. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe they'll just make it way, way for the ways feature stuff. Right, but ways didn't really have like I don't know. I guess the way latitude did it, you could like focus around to the the next person on the map. Ways is more of like, are there any of your other ways friends in your area, and then you can like message them or something. But it, I don't know. I, I maybe it's because I'm used to the way latitude works. I like well, that. And, and they had privacy settings. Ways doesn't where I could say I want this person to see me only by what city, this person to see exactly, this, you know. There well, was and, a lot and of... with your check-ins, right, you could say only check-in and share with people I'm friends with on Latitude rather than Correct. all of my individual circles, which I guess Correct. you could easily make a circle that is just the people you're friends with on Latitude, but it made it nice and easy. Right. No, Latitude, I, it's once again, we've had this conversation. They keep shutting stuff down, which is why I don't believe – I'm dumping anything in there except for Gmail. Are you are you worried about like things like Drive and stuff? I can't really see major products no, like that. Like no, Latitude, drive is, who used no, drive, it? Was... Drive, okay, Drive isn't a service in the grand essence. Drive is just a massive storage. Sure, network. okay, that other services then connect. Okay, that, to store know, that's stuff. where they're storing data. What right. we're talking about is uh, what was the one they just did? Keep. I told you, keep that to yourself. I don't <laughs> want to have anything to keep. Keeps linked into well, Drive though. But keep, well, they make money off Drive. I mean, they legitimately make money off Drive, so that they may keep that forever. True, but that's what I'm saying. I don't want anything to do with services like that right now that I rely upon daily. That are free, like though. And then again, like, should you be relying on services you use daily that are free? Because no, they, but everyone does now. Exactly. Who got us down that path? <laughs> it wasn't just Google. Right. Every vendor had to follow that suit to get people to use their service. Right. Right. I mean, anyway, we... real quick before we move to another topic, I want to ask you, and this may be something Richard can ask uh, can answer, but there's a it's somewhat related to the latitude thing. Google is apparently lending out like uh, these sort of backpacks with cameras on it for yeah, people yeah, to walk around. Break. Do any of you guys know if that's like a paid thing or is that just hey you're volunteering or anyone know how that worked offhand? Uh, I'm sure they have some kind of a deal where you sign a release saying you fall off the edge of the Grand Canyon that Google doesn't owe you any money or something like this. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, other than that, I, I don't know. I mean, I would think there's some kind of a release or some kind of thing. I don't know that they're going to pay. I, they, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I haven't just... done enough to know whether they're going to pay. They, now, on the flip side, they do pay the people that drive the street view cars. I would love that job. Just so saying. I think they probably would pay you to go and do, you know, backpack into the Mammoth Cave or something. I mean, so like they put out a request for proposals. Hmm. Yeah, they they did have an open like they had some. Also, I don't know if anyone mentioned or, or noted, but but they started the maker the summer uh, science maker camp on uh, online where you can hmm. sign up and they they have like a daily science project. It's it's kind of for kids, but whatever. It's, that's cool. I would think someone like Matt would really enjoy doing stuff like that if he could also coincidentally make money. Yeah, right. Dangerous, so, <laughs> like, tell my boss, like, since I'm driving around all day anyway, Google's gonna split the gas with you, and we're gonna put this stupid looking cone on the top of the truck. Just tell him you're gonna hike up to like touch George Washington's nose at Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and I want to do that with this 43 pound bag full of cameras on my back. Repel down the head. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> I'd repel down Devil's Tower if they gave that to me and paid me. Has anyone done that yet? Sign me up. Let's go. Devil's Tower. Let's do it. You take me with a helicopter to the top, and I'll repel down. 
wearing okay. the 42-pound bag of cameras. <laughs> or maybe just toss it down. Yeah, right, tie it to the rope and just, <laughs> see ya! <laughs> They're like, you cheated, you cheated, that doesn't count. I didn't even get your rope back. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll make more out of duct tape, like the Mythbusters. Uh, all right, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I don't see, like, the first person that tries to sneak that bag full of cameras through security and actually gets, like, stopped and has to show them some some googly paperwork <laughs> to get back into the country or something. You just say, hey, I work for the NSA. Let me through, right? Problem solved. From now on, social engineered. No, I'm with the NSA. It's okay. I need to make some badges. Ant? What's... Oh, there's Ant. Ant, how are you? My name is not Ant. My name is Yats, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> He's been renamed. So is mine. Good, good deal, Hangouts. What's going on? At first, I had a blue screen of death, and now I'm showing up as Yats on the screen. Very interesting. Yeah, but we we see the real you. The blue screen <laughs> will do that. That's okay. How how are you? Are you are you well? Yes, unbelievable as always. Okay, thank you for asking. Uh, let's get you caught up real quick. Thoughts on the government paying lots of money to AT and T and Verizon for our wiretap data, or for every wiretap? Uh, that's expected, even though I felt like they really didn't have to pay. They're the government. They can do whatever they want, right? Is that, like, just a nice gesture? Like, we're going to pay. Yeah. We could take this, but we're going to pay you to be nice. Yeah. Here's a tip. Here's your gratuity, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that's the awesome. government pays first-class rates for everything. And then, uh, the toilet seats and the airplanes come on. No, they charge first class rates for everything. Pay, not so much. Well, my favorite line is what? From the old original Independence Day, where they say, Where do you get all this slush fund money from? He says, You really think we just paid $2,000 for a screwdriver? Yeah. <laughs> that money was $5 somewhere else. Good deal. And then, uh, Aunt, we also were talking about Latitude uh, going the way of Google Reader. Uh, were you a Latitude user? I see you yes, there every now and then. So there's three of us here out of five. One, two, three, four, five. Out yeah, of five, I like it. Six. I am. Um, my mom and uh, some of my other family, we use it to keep in touch with one another when we're traveling, you know, as far as, okay, so and so is on the road right now, so let's uh, keep an eye on them and. You know, every now and then I get a ping from my moms to check in. You know, like where, where are, are you? you? Check in mm-hmm. your nearest location now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why man, I don't. Where you. are you? You better be What's home before that, that streetlight comes on. That's right. <laughs> and, that's the, and that's the thing. She's. It, it's like, man, I'm I'm a grown ass man now, but then nope. again, she's nope. You know, she's <laughs> just checking baby. up. I can see her like out on the porch, like waiting for that light to blink on, be like, no, Anthony, right, James, but, <laughs> I do ping her too. Where are you, woman? I remember that travel. too. The neighborhood I used to live, like at around that time, if you listened, you could hear all of the kids' names being yelled all down the block <laughs> by all of their mothers standing out being like, it's dinner time. The, the good cool old parents, days. The now cool you just hear just, uh, used your pager. Well, that's when kids yeah, right? outside. <laughs> the good parents <laughs> gave you a key on a latch. Said, oh. Yeah. Uh, it was a kind of a, it, it seemed like that was an interesting, easy use case. If like you were a parent and you wanted to keep track of your kids, you could just throw latitude on, on their devices and, and call it good, but mm-hmm. not enough. 
So this is going to be incorporated into a section on Google Plus, from what I understand, under the local section. It it's not already, yet, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was already in Maps because that's about the only time I use it now is when I'm on Maps. It's been in Maps forever. Yeah, but yeah. it's its own it's its own thing. Now you're going to have to actually go to Google Plus, and then in the local, there's a local section there on the app. Uh-huh. And I guess eventually, and that they that this may never happen, but from what I read, it will be parts of it will be in there. So you'll still in, have probably what the check-in game and and whatever else they want to. Well, now well, no. since nobody really uses, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Richard. Well, I was just going to say I don't know if everybody saw this, but uh, the field trip app—they're actually giving away free admission into uh, a lot of museums in New York and San Francisco mm-hmm. and. And different places. If so, if you're running field trip, then if you're near the museum that they're going to provide free admission to till the end of July, nice. then it says, "Hey, just show them this thing, and then and then you get in free instead of paying the twenty bucks, right?" So it's like Latitrip. So they're using they're moving Latitude into field trip, which then field trip will soon shut down. Is that next on the block, calling it right now, field trip? I'm, I'm saying by next year they're going to find there was no moneymaker in field trip, and they're going to say, you know, it was a great test. and Even with even with Ingress? You know what? I'd say that the optimism from Chris Miller, it's awesome. It's just... <laughs> no, but he always brings it. Niantic is field trip. Niantic is Ingress. I mean, wouldn't they keep that alive as long as Ingress people are feeding all of it, all of this information? Well, that's different than field trip, right? Where are they well, going to I, I would think that like they're using ingress to basically have portal creation feed into the points of interest in field trip and then use that as material to kind of say hey there's a cool museum and if, by the way there's this restaurant over here that's paying us to give you an ad to say you can get 10% off or whatever well we've been seeing that here locally a, a lot of portals are going up at bars and also at churches and i mean okay cool but I, it's not a, a far cry to say that they could be like, as soon as you hack this portal, stop in for 10% off your next three well drinks or something like that. Monetize that way. Which, I don't know, that seems like a better monetization model than what Twitter's trying to do, if, if you ask me. I don't... Stupid, well, it's kind of a gamification of ads, right? Well, yeah. Right. And I think it goes deeper. I think, I think Ingress gets into us fine-tuning GPS coordinates. If they would do put- it right... Every time a portal gets submitted here, they try to light it up. It's like a mile away, or there's like three of them now, all with that's, like the same name. That's because even satellites haven't mapped Montana. We're, you're talking about Montana. <laughs> it's because it's illegal for the satellites to map Montana. They actually have to get a special warrant. Right, that's what it is. No, it's Montana. All those nuclear warheads that are in the ground. To them, it's just a big flat plane. They don't know the difference. Let me let me ask you other Android folks here. I, I know y'all don't necessarily use Latitude, but do you use local? Never. That would be no, no sounds like. But no. local is important for when people are searching for things. If you as a business owner don't have your business in local, you're missing out on a lot of people that don't know where they're going. We see that a lot for people uh, that are tourists that come into town here and they're looking for... Something. How many choices could there be? <laughs> this is a very large area, Chris Miller, and there's mountains here. So, it's uh, huge, yes. man. It's got two grocery We're stores. We're going to go there. to the McDonald's. Listen, we have a super Walmart and a Best Buy, so get off my D. Okay? So, hold on. So now you're saying... Hey, Starbucks. How many people... Let me ask this. How many people actually search, though, from that app and not just Google's main page? 
Right, but you have to, as a business, use that app to get your business on that location page. I found like myself. I, maps and they search for pizza joints, then it's gonna it's gonna call from the Google local stuff. Yeah, that's what I was. I used to use Google Now for that stuff, and I saw that it just kept pulling up local. So I started using local um, exclusively, and I use it just for here. I mean, no, I'm not in a big city or whatever, unless I'm in Charlotte or something, just to um, discover things that are around my house and whatnot, whether it's a restaurant or some type of shop. Usually, it's for somewhere to eat. You know, I like it, and I like the ratings in there. And you know, <laughs> on my vacation, I saw some ratings on some stuff that um, no one was really happy about. Couldn't find out. Yeah, it was a pretty bad experience. You know, well, I'm, that's yeah, always I'm, hit and miss, though, because you never know if those bad ratings are from someone that just got fired from there, or yeah, if it's know, like it, a legit, like you had a terrible experience. Yeah, but this thing it, it went on and on and on and on. <laughs> you know, it was like 20, 20 ratings that were all yeah, like. Yeah, you know, I'm off. thinking, yeah, this is probably going to be bad. And were sure you enough, going yeah, down the list as your own experience unraveled and being like, "Poor, yep, check, okay, yep, yeah. check." They were actually yeah. kind of right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you when know, I go to locations, local, I think I will start using it. Sorry. Oh, go no. What were you saying? I was going to say, now that you mentioned local and I'm looking at it, I may start using it. So I've yeah. actually, this is like the third time I've opened it up on the phone. And locations right now, it just gives you a map with a bunch of faces. <laughs> so I don't, oh. very useful. I don't know. I mean, but, I found a German restaurant around here that I, I can't wait to try. And it just because I just went on local and said, huh, I want German. And I, I can't wait, you know. It will be cool to have a lot of this stuff unified into, like, if, if they're going to pick one app, I guess the Google Plus app is the the one to do it. We already have our photos in there. The community yeah. stuff is awesome. Locations. I mean, yeah. Latitude I mean, was kind of that, like, separate part of Maps, but it was in Maps, but it had its own app. Did you ever notice that? Like, there is an actual... I don't know if it, it's still on 422, but on the uh, older versions of Android, it had just its own Latitude icon yeah i remember i remember that old latitude icon and then it disappear when i flashed are you not no i'm gonna ask you guys because now you got me looking i'm looking at local and i'm looking at the you know the local area and i clicked restaurants it seems that all the reviews are over a year old like it's like no one well here's one from a month and four months it's like no one's using this for any type of i think yelp and all the others kick their butt for reviews was well, that the yeah. thing are they using foursquare are they using yelp right around here the restaurants my friend's yeah. a, a server and he had a restaurant owner come to him and his biggest gripe was their yelp score and he's like well let me try and help you with that and so i guess they do pull some weight there uh, there is no latitude icon now but there is a local icon i don't know that yeah I've, I've seen that in my thing and i tried to remove it Okay, yeah. so that pulls open actual maps, yeah, and then it pulls... No, it doesn't pull up maps. Everything is in maps. It's all submenus. It pulls maps, but inside of maps, if you hit that drop-down, mm-hmm. it says maps, and then the second stop is local, and then latitude, location, history at the bottom there. So, Correct. Right. Well, I guess it's better than using where. <laughs> Did you guys ever use that app, where? Negative. <laughs> no. Currently oh, reading reviews for the Ho-Ho Chinese restaurant. Nice. Hey, it, it, since we got Babbel now... Who has why Babel? do I still have? Why do I still have the messenger icon on my device? Yeah, they haven't changed it yet. You I know, still that I, people still send me messages on that too. It's weird. 
Oh really? See, I haven't I haven't tested it since the whole rollout. I've got everything. Messenger app still too. Yeah, yeah, same here. That's the one that yeah, originally came I, with Google Plus, right? I right. think it's like an APK thing. Like it got it gets loaded unless you like you know did a hardware refresh on your phone, and then I think if you did a hardware refresh and you reinstalled everything, it wouldn't come back. Well, I just drug it to the uninstall bar. No, because yeah. this is a fresh, this is a brand new GNX. Well, this is a refurb GNX with a fresh yeah. CM10 install, and it's it's in there. So it won't go away. It just won't go away. Then Once again, I had Nick. to I had to flash the G apps APK with CM, so maybe it was still loaded in that. So the What's you that might Nick be right. got on here. It just says go to Hangouts. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, but yeah. Go to the app is what it says. Uh, I'll blind you guys, but yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work for me. But I'm yeah. on the ice cream sandwich. I just clicked Messenger. It said signing in and no connection. Couldn't connect to the server. So I don't know. Oh, no, it's asked me what account to connect as. Gee, many Christmas this yeah, time. Yeah, signing in. Did hangouts. you get the update then? Because they're they're like rolling out the, the new update soon. They should. Uh, whatever. The one with the hangout in it? The one I, what? I apologize, everybody. We're drifting from the topic. Okay. <laughs> it says the updated Ooh. new version is the first dedicated app for Android tablets and iPads, which provides a new mapping experience that makes exploring the world and getting to the places that matter a lot faster and easier. And this is pretty much what they showed off at I.O. Uh, you probably got maps.google.com in the browser. Uh, that's probably new and updated, but not on Android yet. But it will be soon, so yay. And continuing speaking about Google, the $500 million marketing budget for the Moto X phone. Now, I have some, I don't know if it's gripes because it's not out yet and we don't know, but when you come to me and you have an ad and you're like, you can design this phone because people are so individual and we know individuals need a phone that's tailored to their individuality, that reminds me of the old like Tiger Direct build-your-own PCs. Like, I'm going to go to this Motorola website and I'm going to say I want it in the shape of a GNX, the size of a Note 2, with a quad-core Exynos in it, with a Tegra graphics. You know, like, I'm designing my own. Not, oh, when you're done picking your stupid color, you can engrave something on the back, and that's the extent of it. Like, that, for $500 million, you would think, like, you would be able to, to actually deliver on, on something yeah, I don't think we're ever going to go that far, but I, I you know, I think. What if a just, company did, though, Nick? Think, think about the possibilities. We, we hear exactly what the nature of the product is actually going to be. Can I bring a point up, though? Yes, please, Chris. Moto X. If you search for it, unless you specifically type the words Moto X phone, Moto X brings up everything about dirt biking. Why would yeah. they name their because phone it's Moto Cross? That Moto <laughs> X is motocross, dude. Integration point. Right, so why would you name it something that's already used in globally around the world as another freaking thing that owns the search results? That's a little odd coming from a search company. I mean, that's just me. I'm sorry I brought it up. No, no. It's I like that Motorola made Moto Blur, and then it says here, with an emphasis toward customer convenience and customization, Motorola has reportedly taken steps to limit bloatware. <laughs> and I get this is their first device since Google's taken over, and hopefully Moto... I mean, we saw Moto Blur on AOTA uh, go the way of Reader and everything, and they killed that. 
quite a while ago, but still, it's funny to me that, like, they were all up in this moto blur thing, and that it's like, oh, okay, we're going to try and limit this bloatware problem. So so they, they were quoted with saying bloatware, huh? That would be funny if they, did, if they really did say that. And then, and, then, gonna... and then it says, customers will be able to choose the colors for the back of the device and the trim and engrave a name or message to the back cover. Very customized, guys. Very. So, Can I pick what, the tassel for my antenna too? Cool. And then put a then put an OtterBox on it. Yeah. No, what it what it makes for you is just so you know. So we know. To, I can tell you what I one thing I think it makes for you is a phone that you could never turn to a phone carrier because none of them can buy it and resell it. It's so personalized, no one will ever want it. It comes oh. with your own LTE or CDMA hotspot. Do I need to write this for a new domain tomorrow? No one would think about that. You, what are you going to do with this damn phone? Unless you're Chris Miller, you might get, you know. No, because it says it's going to be out on all major American carriers. Available at and Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon Wireless this fall. Go ahead, Richard. I have no information about what is actually going to happen whatsoever. However, I would say what would be the best thing would be is, you know, the price of the handset is one thing. But what people really want is, like, if I buy the phone unsubsidized, I want to see some break on the monthly cost from the carrier. Sans contract. And and sans contract. So if that's what they're saying is, like, that they had some agreement with one or two of the major carriers or maybe even all of them, it would be great. I don't know if they're going to get all of them. And said, hey, look, if you go to this carrier – you're going to pay materially less per month, and you're going to have no contract. You can you can opt out any time. Then that's 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 a thing, right? And that's good for the customer. But what's the carrier's benefit for that? Then why why well, would the they carrier get, they, get, they get another subscriber? And but that they have to actually kind of work to keep them. Right? right, they actually have to deliver on the service and promises that they make because they can't rely on a two year contract keeping you captive. Yeah. Like when if if this actually, service is crap, I'm gonna bail immediately. Not being like, oh, I have to wait for another 562 days before I can bail. Otherwise, I owe you 600 dollars. You know? Can we talk specs about this thing? Yes, please. It's when, a mid-range device. From all the rumors, you have actual hard specs. Well, not hard, but this is recently updated a few hours ago, and so we'll just go with the roundabout. Sure. I could care less if it has a 720 or 1080p display, first of all. I would prefer 720 for battery life, honestly. That's a 1080 is going to burn battery. Burn battery. They're talking it should have something like the Kevlar backing of the previous. I'm thinking they're going to have something like the Motorola StarTech from back in the early 90s. It's going to be like cheap plastic or something like that. I would be happy with the Droid X backing, that stiffer metal kind mm-hmm. of with the rubber coating on the back. I love right. that. That I've got the phone Motorola HX2, and it's got the Kevlar back, and I love that. I actually like the feel of it, and it's it's nice, out, right? So hopefully, it's just right. like that. And if I it's like near it. your heart, it'll stop a bullet if you ever get shot, which is <laughs> or no. or cause your heart to skip to be probably. You can drop it off a thirty foot antenna mast, and it's still running. Or block your pacemaker. We're not sure yet. Okay, we're continue. Gonna have, we're guessing it's going to have is some sort of four inch display. Big deal, right? That's what all the phones are going for. But to keep it price effective right it's going to have to it's going to have to have the wireless stuff and all that but to keep it price effective where are they sacrificing the quality to give you camera a phone that's a, perhaps camera and what, ram it's not going to have two gigs of ram which we know it probably would be well, nice if it did had two gigs of ram that they're posting now they're saying two gigs of ram well that would be cool then yeah that's one of the things they're saying is possibly two gigs of ram um 
they've seen different ones with multiple you know card slots and everything else and those are all just made up stuff sure what i'm betting is where do they sacrifice the quality is it in the screen is it not the display itself but you know the quality of the resolution screen? right resolution resolution it is could just it be in... screen quality like sony did that they had the, sony built a couple really good phones with the xperia z and zl yeah everything but the screen is pretty decent but the screens are like really bad and it's crazy that that's something i mean it you spend so much time looking at these displays and even going from the nexus 10 to like my laptop things just like it's not it's very noticeable it's very noticeable and i don't know if it's annoying enough to to dictate buying a phone based on but it's it's definitely something that is in your mind, like front front and center. When are they supposed to actually say what it is? Well, we heard there was a, an announcement today and tomorrow that people, certain people got specially invited to by Guy Kawasaki. Right, but then apparently they've, they've signed some kind of a thing saying that they're not going to say anything for a period of time. My guess is, since it's a two-day thing, that the, the gloves will come off on Friday. Right. Okay. But that's just a guess. I don't know. They are saying that they're focusing on. This is one thing to say. The one thing was clear in terms of hardware. They're focusing on ultra low power sensors like accelerometers and gyroscopes for unique functionality. So basically, Google Glass and a freaking phone. It knows when it's in your pocket. It knows when you're driving. Well, and if you, know. you can get those consuming the least amount of power, you can let them run all the time, giving you better information. Yes. Uh, the only thing I can think is that it's maybe, you know what, maybe we're all wrong and this thing's going to come out and it's just going to be for dirt bikers. <laughs> it may literally be the Moto X motocross phone. That you never know. Uh, they're saying it's also made in the U.S. Motorola said it expects to have more than 2,000 new employees at a Fort Worth, Texas facility now, wait, building wait, the phone. Clarify, clarify. It's uh, you. You say made, but the article I were reading said assembled. So manufactured. Okay, yeah, we should assembled, engineered, and assembled in the USA. Okay, <laughs> I was just clarifying because I want to know if they're making the parts. That's awesome. I, I applaud them for that. But I yeah, don't think that's and if they did, the phone would be like a grand. <laughs> Correct, and it would have uh, even worse glass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Who knows? I, I have an upgrade coming very soon. I don't know. I just got this refurb. This this Galaxy Nexus is good for another year and a half, but I would like something a little faster. Okay, let me ask this. Would you pay this, quote, off-contract price of one ninety nine ish to buy it, or would you still go with a $50, put it on a contract? If for no, phone? because usually if I do get a device, it's going to be either the S4 or the 1 with the Play Edition ROM, which is going to cost 2 or 3 anyway on contract. So if they can come out with something equally as impressive spec-wise to the S4 or the 1, which I really doubt that's going to happen for a mid-range phone, if they could do that off contract, 200 definitely. And no one's going to buy refurbs of this phone because it's going to say Hello Kitty in the name Dirt exactly. Yeah, right? It's good. There's going to be a big a big uh, market for empty <laughs> backs of this phone. Do okay. people go for that? I'm that back. seems like such a dumb gimmick. Like, are people really going to be like, look, honey, I bought you this phone for our anniversary and it has your name on it. Uh, don't they do it now with uh, do Apple? They? they engrave everything, dude. They I thought that was everything. Apple people. Oh, they engrave everything. iPods, That's iPads. so stupid. You know what I do? I, I take a black Sharpie on the bottom of my f- disc golf disc, and I put my name and my number because I know I'm going to lose know. it. There was a guy at Maker Faire that had, like, this laser engraver that was carving, like, anime dragons in the back of, like, you know, tablets. Now, that wasn't that bad. 
No, that's kind of cool. And you could sell something like that, but I'm talking about personalized with a so name. So then could we buy like 100 of these things, get them all engraved with Yats and sell Yats phones off contract? Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Let's yes. do it. Done. Kickstart that thing. Ant, you put an interesting article in the rundown about uh, more evidence of the PC shipments kind of failing, not 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 uh, hitting as as exciting numbers as they maybe were used to seeing. People aren't just buying as many desktops as as they usually did, and uh, some people say that it's because of of tablets and and mobile computing. Is that what you're attributing this to, or? That's what I think, and and Windows 8. And because honestly. you can't go into a Best Buy and buy a Windows 7 laptop? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so I've, I'm not I've buying had, one. <laughs> I've had just recently, it's, it's funny, this, uh, I saw this article today, and you know, earlier today I had a colleague that comes up and was asking me about an issue with their computer, and they're like, you know what, I'm taking this thing back. And I was like, why? And I said, because it's, it's broken. Missing. It has Windows 8 on and it. Like, and I said, is it Windows 8? And they said, yeah, it's Windows 8. And, you know, and I swear, like an hour or so later, I came across that article. And I was like, oh, this is just not good. You know, you got people with the tablets, whether it's a Nexus 10, 7, iPad, what have you. And a lot of folks, that's all they really need. They, they check an email here and there, checking Facebook. And, well, well if you think about productive. what you used to do, you used to have your like desktop PC in your house, and you go use that to like browse the web and check your email and do the mm-hmm. other kinds of things. Now everybody does that on a smartphone. That's true, yeah. right? All of the disposable computing you've been doing on those computers are now built into the apps that you run on these tablets and and phones. Yeah. Now it's like you go over there. It's like I lost my cat. I got to print a flyer. Right. Right. <laughs> oh wait, I have cloud print. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> It just makes you wonder what what's what's going to happen here in the long term with with you know OEMs like you know HP, Dell, and so forth. Well, Ant, do you think we'll see these mobile OSs becoming more robust and eventually taking over all of the the things that we do on these computers, like doing what we do here, podcasts, stuff like that, things that that people do the real heavy computing on? I don't know how soon that'll happen because it seems like those. Those OSs are just sort of crawling along on on uh, updating and, and being a little more robust. Just trying time. to satisfy the mobile use case. Yeah, right. You know, you have that the Mozilla phone that's um, the Firefox OS. If, I'm sorry, Firefox. I think that's already available, right? Yeah. Um, you have that, and then you have the Ubuntu phone that's going to be available in October, and. Even with the Ubuntu, as I've, like, I actually played with it, that was developer preview in February. We're now in July, and the last I read on it, I want to say I actually wrote about it on gnudomain.com. Um, they're just now getting ready to, to figure out, all right, what are our core apps on these phones going to be? You know, and this, you know, that's, that's been, what, three months, four months, five months? You know, it's a slow pace. Well, we'll say this. Uh, smartphones and tablets seem to be getting faster and faster at a greater pace than maybe desktops are. Yeah. So maybe at least they'll catch up, if not surpass. So they'll just be more useful. There'll be more reasons to not just be stuck at a desk all day. You can go out and still use your smartphone and tablet. And it's just amazing to me just in the last couple of years just how things have skyrocketed for smartphones and, and tablets. So. Yeah, we went from these really awkward, bulky, crappy, like, Windows fold-in tablets and stuff to, like, the Nexus 10 and the iPad. And 
Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, the the computer, the desktop AMD that I'm running Cool Edit on and doing the recording and all that, like, my tablet is much more powerful than that. The problem is the software, the inputs, you know, the, I can't plug in my mixer, I can't run Cool Edit on this tablet. But it seems that once once you're there, if you come up with some way to plug in these peripherals and some way to run this kind of software, like, I think think we'll be leaving these these things behind but you know what you will have created a pc or a laptop essentially you basically create a dock that you then exactly so what's the your one device into i bet every one of you guys uses a laptop or a desktop pc every day right yes it's not about to stop happening honestly though there's some days on the weekend when i'm not doing specific like podcast stuff that i don't touch my pc i i do everything on my tablet or my phone. One thing to tie into this is you're gonna you're gonna have to see uh, manufacturers like like Acer and HP really start to really invest in these tablets and even these smartphones. And I think we're starting to see that. I think HP is rumored to be looking into smartphones. They're currently trying to come out with with tablets again. So I think you know an Acer. Well, they, course, they already came out with a Chromebook, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think they're just going to have to, where they're losing sales in the PC market, okay, fine. Make up yeah. for it in that other market. Yeah. yeah. So, did, yeah, did you see the one I posted today, the review that they came out with from Sony, that Xperia? I mean, they're making a waterproof tablet. That damn That's thing true. is Android-based uh, waterproof tablet. That's incredible to me to think that I've got a tablet sitting here that I can dunk in three feet of water. The only thing it's lacking really is like wireless charging. And as soon as they make phones exactly like that, but with wireless charging, you pretty much never have to dock it. Or it's completely optional at that point. You don't have to fiddle around with cables or anything. When there's companies out there that make backs for the, was it the S4 is the one I specifically saw. It was like a replacement back that yeah. had the charging thing on it. And then you could, you know. You just lay it down. Yeah. Nokia is doing the same for their 925 or 928. Right. One of those two phones, whether there's a replaceable or uh, kind of a, it fits on the back and it allows wireless right. charging. It's got like the pogo pin sticking out or yeah. whatever it's using to to conduce the charging. Right. So, Ant, all that time you spend in your socks rubbing your feet with the phone in your pocket, static does it's not got... charge your phone. <laughs> I thought it did. <laughs> see? <laughs> did you see that girl that made the flashlight uh, of that? That yeah. like chart? Yeah, that's yeah, kind of cool. Oh, the one that made the Google Science Fair? Hollow flashlight. Yeah. I think if you search YouTube for hollow flashlight, you'll find it. That is awesome. But yeah, basically same idea as you use these special tiles. You heat one side of it, cool the other side, and electricity is enough to uh, power these LEDs just from holding it. And, yeah. But you know, at the end of the video, she, she she turns it on, but it's hard to get a sense of how bright it is. Well, yeah, and I mean, for what it is, yeah. But the, the idea is cool, and it's possible. One more thing about this, this PC sales. Um, yeah, we got tablets, but what about the Ultrabook market? Um I wonder how this is, is encompassed in this article in comparison to how the, the I not iMac, the MacBook Pro and the uh, MacBook Air seems to just keep doing record numbers, you know. Yeah, it is interesting. These PCs and towers are getting smaller and smaller. The notebooks are getting lighter and lighter. And then yeah. the smartphones are getting bigger and bigger. And they got these tablets in the middle. So it's like everything's... Converting on this. It's almost like the laptops have taken the place of the desktops. Like you do most of your normal computing. Like if if I had another laptop, I could transfer everything I do on the desktop onto that and use it. 
and then the the other space <laughs> that we used to use laptops for, we now use our tablets and phones for. So everything is kind of shuffled one space over. I feel like Chris Miller sitting here staring at three monitors right now. He's staring at a BlackBerry Z10. No, no. Uh, we have moved from this, the Z10. Huh? Oh, you got the Q now, right? Oh, snap. Q10. you got the Q. Z10, Q10. Where we have moved to this for the past three days off of this. And how are you liking that? your hardware? I hate the Q10. <laughs> but, you, but Chris, you said that you said that before you even got it. You, right, you I like this. I like the Z10. I do like the Z10. Chris is a hater on physical keys. You just don't like physical keys. You don't like pianos either. I bet you hate pianos. Two problems. Two, since we're there. Two problems. One, the the proximity of the physical keys. Too darn close together. I'm used to turning the landscape phone with the bigger keys uh, pad now, so I can type really fast. This drives me nuts because I'm going to tell you, this sounds really weird. I'm going to hold the phone like you have to hold it. This... I, this drives me crazy oh, rubbing no. my fingers. I used to hold this damn Z10 like this, yeah. like a controller. Now, That's how I type as well. Right. You got to get your two-year-old to do your dictation for you. Well, with, with stuff. now, saying that, the other thing is the screen real estate. Yeah. I'm gonna, You know what? Since we're going to be this way about I knew you were going there. Since you got attitudes, let me show you this. <laughs> since you got attitudes, if I use the camera... On this phone, it's this, the whole size. It's in setup mode again because I just you know, did a security wipe, but this is the size of the camera. Look at the size of this stupid-ass camera screen. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the keys don't disappear and fill in with and screen? if I do this, the screen rotates. If I do this, no, nothing. It's the same no, size. Same Not screen. so it's much. This, the piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, so my I'm, last I'm phone very... was a BlackBerry Curve 8230, and I had the same problems with that, and this is why I enjoy this type of phone. It's like it's too darn small. Just You'll see my long. my review will be up shortly comparing the two. I'll have the whole video up. Well, up. BlackBerry is betting the farm on this Q10 to bring in good numbers for Q3. So, well, you know what? And it's it probably crazy. will in Europe, though, right, Chris? Oh, in Europe it'll kick butt. In Europe and in some of the Caribbeans and some of the South Africa, some it'll do really well. Here in the U.S., not so much. No, I, the Z10 though is I like this one. This thing, they ugh. All right. <laughs> I apologize. I mean, I'll look yeah, for my yeah, review. Breathe. Look for my review shortly. <laughs> well, I will say, you I much just... prefer the Z10 to the Q10 from everything I've seen. I've not actually used it, but I've seen it in the store, and uh, it, it, it's a much better looking phone than the Q10. So, for a lot Can't of reasons. And can can you tell me where your phone is right now? Um, actually, I can. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm where. I can. It is at the bottom of a um, roller coaster track. In pieces? <laughs> yeah, I lost my phone yesterday, and um, it, it's. I wanted to talk to you guys about it, just to, to see have you been there and how did you react? You know, because I was at the amusement park and just stick it in my pocket like I normally do, but I had on a different pair of shorts than I normally would wear there. And I got off the roller coaster, and I always check for my keys and my money clip, and then I check for my phone. And I was like, huh, my phone's not there. And I didn't get upset. I didn't, like, oh, damn, you know, it's just like, huh, phone's gone kind of thing, you know. And I can remember at one time in my life, I'd have been just spitting fire. I was going to say, say I'm gonna, I want to call bullshit on that because I yeah. know the second your hand felt that pocket and there was nothing in there, your heart sank. And you thought back to your 
two-factor authentication, all this other stuff that you need your phone for. Yeah. You know, and you know what I did though? I, I I walked I walked down the stairs and I said, you know what? Let me just walk back and look one more time, and looked down and it wasn't there. And I walked back off and I said, well, I asked my hard head. I said, hey, let me use your phone a second. He said, no, you'll office. lose it. <laughs> I said, I said, let me use your phone and I called up to have mine wiped. And in the story, I was I was just just fine because you know i got this nexus here and it, it has wi-fi no it doesn't have 4g 3g or whatever but i can still get text messages because i'm a google voice subscriber if i need to actually make a phone call i can do that from this computer right here or do it from the tablet itself with the um, groove ip or something is it a flip one thing I'll mention is, I'm not sure if you had thought about this, but there's like a, a lookout security for Android phones where you can download it remotely. Like, you may not even have it installed on your phone. If yes. you have access to your Google, you can, like... You can push it to it. your I, phone, right? I yeah. have, um, I had SeekDroid on there. Okay. Um, and that was my first thought, was to go ahead and try to find a, a computer just to jump mm-hmm. on. And then Seek Droids, I tested it out, and it's pretty neat. You know, it'll it'll silence, the, well, not silence the phone. It'll make it scream or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you can wipe it and give you all the geolocation stuff. I, I tested it out just to see what would happen, and it, and it worked really well. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute, we got all of this stuff at work, and, you know, we can just remote wipe it in a second and... So what's this? I was like, it's gone. This was a work phone then? It wasn't your personal? This is my personal phone. But, excuse me, because of um, security, if you have your personal phone, we have to make you sign up a mobile device agreement stating that if your uh, phone is lost or your uh, relationship with the company has ended, whether it's from resignation or termination, we will wipe your phone because you have all of this data on it. And... It's like, huh, they can just wipe it and call up one of my employees and say, hey, wipe my phone real quick. And I was fine. I got all of this stuff in the cloud. I, yeah, I had pictures and videos and whatnot on that phone. but Those are auto-back, though, with G+. Yeah, right? that stu- most of that stuff is already oh, in Google+, Plus somewhere, Picasa, YouTube, and it, it just it just didn't bother me. And I, and I thought about it, and the next thing I know, one of the little hardheads, they said, you're not upset, Daddy? And I was no. You know, <laughs> you know, and it was even to the point. It was like, are we going to go home now since you lost your phone? I was like, I lost my phone. That's not going to stop me from getting on this next roller coaster. Sorry. You know what? Two years ago, yes, we would yeah, be on I, the way home. All of us crying. <laughs> all of us. But two now... years ago, Ann would have been arrested for climbing the fence to get underneath between <laughs> runs. Oh of yeah. The oh. Now, don't get me wrong. I did look over the fence. I did look over the fence, but then I said, okay, no, just walk away because it it either crashed at the bottom of this roller coaster or drowned at the bottom of this roller coaster because there's water and land up under the particular coaster. Right now, they're using it on Wi-Fi taking pictures. They got it right now. They wish. (laughs) And you know what, Chris? I think the battery was like at 2% anyway when when I last looked at it. So they got a dead battery too. And micro that's, USB, they're charging it. <laughs> we always we always talk uh, about wiping that stuff and making backups. I always give Eric on AOTA a hard time about backing up. And I never back up my stuff. And it now like Jelly Bean is to the point where you can just like wipe your phone. Like when I I, I put on the new CM on this and just wipe 
everything yeah, and it pulls didn't it even worry about making play. a backup my my main worry would be dealing with the carrier and thus getting a replacement and going through all that and that's weird that we're at a point where i'm not even worried about my data i know my data will be there the next time i sign in with my gmail account except maybe two-factor stuff but they're yeah. figure that yeah. out but like the dealing with i have to wait yeah. on hold with these a hole like that's the worst <laughs> part of the whole experience i think now is Man, I, I i just realized i haven't called about my replacement phone yet well yeah that's because you have another device hard. i'm saying if like you yeah. lose your only device and you're kind of stuck like you have to go through this whole yeah and that's I mean, worse I told than the office your... i don't have any 3g connection but as soon as i'm home and on wi-fi you can do what you need to do and as soon as i'm in the office and if i'm not at my desk i have my tablet in my pocket because the nexus 7 fits in my pocket um and they can ping me on there too you know that's it's why the phone been... fell out those pockets are so damn big you can hold them <laughs> yeah i had on gym shorts i had on uh, like basketball shorts instead of my regular cargoes right. and stuff I found yeah. that the shorts that have the little side carpenter pocket fit the G-Nex perfectly, and so all of my pants all are that kind. So if I ever do get a phone yeah. that's any bigger than this, I'm going to have to, like, rebuy my whole wardrobe. And that's normally the kind of shorts I wear to the amusement park just because it has those button-up pockets on the side yeah. and I can stick the phone in there and stick keys in there. I can even stick a small cup in there if I need to. You know, you so know, back in the day, I worked at one of the amusement parks, and we had our office was right behind one of the Batman roller coasters, and we could tell when it was running, not by the sound, but by the amount of coins and shoes and flip-flops hitting the door of the office. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They take that crank and turn, and you just hear, ping, 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 plunk, 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 and shoes we had. Yeah, we'd have enough money for lunch every day. That's awesome. Uh, before we get out of here, we should mention, uh, Larry, you wrote a blog post about Doug Engelbart passing. Yeah. The guy that invented the mouse, I believe. Oh, you know what? Everybody says Doug Engelbart invented the mouse. That's why I said it. He did invent the mouse. (laughs) That's such a tip of the iceberg. You can get me going on this forever. He was a super sweet guy, and he invented everything he used. Is this the guy that had the whole, um, and I'm sorry if I... The mother of all demos. Yeah, okay. The demo in 68. He's the guy that did the demo in 68, and he demonstrated, you know... What you see is what you get. Word processing, windowed user interface, uh, you know, shared databases, collaborative collaboration support, um, and a, you know, the pointing device that he invented was the mouse. He experimented with a lot of pointing devices. So, Larry, if you had to pick, like, what would you say was his most most uh, prolific uh, in, invention, or what's he responsible for that has the most effect on our lives? Oh, I don't think I could do that. Do I it. Mean, every, you have to. Do it think now. Think of all the stuff you use. He invented all of it. He prototyped all of it. Basically the foundation of all modern computing. I Yeah. That's and again, amazing. he, you know, it's not that, um, yeah. He, he built, you know, you should, if you haven't, go, go to the website. There's a link to it, I'm sure, in my post somewhere. Go look at, at that demo that he did. Oh, right. And try to put yourself back in that time. Time-sharing had been invented. People were saying he invented time-sharing. That's not true. But time-sharing at the time was either a, it was just using a teletype. It wasn't even glass teletypes yet. So the user interface was you typed and it typed back, and you typed and it typed back. And all of a sudden you go to that demo and you see a guy sitting in a machine where he's got, you know, the windows don't have the scroll bars that look just like Apple came up with or something, but he's got a windowed user interface, 
He's got uh, what you see is what you get documents with, with text and images in them. He's got people collaborating on documents, people using shared databases. So he had um, Google Docs, basically, but a, a stripped-down version back in, in the late yeah, 60s? Yeah, it, it wasn't on the Internet. It was on his – it was just for his, you know, his group, the guys at uh, SRI. Hmm. But, uh, and, you know, to top it all off, I was up there as a, when I was a grad student and visited. He was a super nice man, too. He wasn't arrogant. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really uh, – he's a really uh, an amazing guy. And he's not the only one from that era. Like the guy that that also really had the vision and that funded Doug's work and and a lot of the other stuff, you know, the whole development, a lot of the stuff at Xerox Park was a guy called Licklider. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, superhero from that time. And um, and the whole thing was imagined by a guy that they both knew for sure because he was also at MIT. Guy called Vannevar Bush. Have you read his stuff? Negative. Okay, you should just go read an article he wrote. He wrote it before the war, and it was published just after the war, World War II. That in in Atlantic Monthly, and he describes. I mean, he, he describes. Hey, what would it be like if all the scientists in the world had these special desks, and they could all communicate with each other all the time, and they could read each other's publications? And they could link to each other's publications from within their publications. I mean, you know, it's uh, he was thinking he didn't have the technology understood at all, but he really envisioned this network of collaborative computers put together for scientists. It wouldn't be computers at that time. But when Engelbart came out of the Navy, he had read that article and he said, "Whoa, we could do this with computers." And then he prototyped it. You know. That's crazy, and, and that's really kind of what we have now. You see the demo. Go watch the demo and see if you think I'm overstating. Um, My YouTube channel, and, and I'm going to check it out. There's like nine different videos. Well, it's you can go to um, the, on the site. You can either watch the whole demo or they've broken it up. Hey, here's where word processing happens. So you can either look at little uh, you know, sub-videos or the whole thing strung out. And that just changed the world. Yeah. Uh, you know? Xerox Park all came out of that. Uh, the the graphic stuff at Utah logo and all that stuff. And it just really, uh, he was a very important guy and a very sweet guy. And he never made any money out of it. And he couldn't get anybody to fund his work afterwards. Uh, he was a shitty businessman. He, and that's a guy like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. Uh, we need them too. But they didn't dream any of this stuff up. That's the truth. Wow, that's really amazing. The yeah, he's a cool guy. I, I really recommend you and anybody that's watched it, if you haven't, go go look at the demo and read that Vannevar Bush article. It really kind of shows. When he gets to the bottom of the screen, he does this little rubber banding where it kind of bounces back up again. And... Have you watched? Have you sat and watched those dem, uh, demos? Oh, yeah. I, I have seen the Engelbart demos. They're, they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to put a link to him in the show notes. At, yeah, definitely worthwhile. What do you have there, Chris? And, and he did invent the mouse, but everybody always says, "Oh, the guy invented the mouse." But he he was experimenting with all kinds of pointing devices because he knew he needed a pointing device. Right. And at the time, all we had was light pens, and they weren't didn't work with the shit because your hand was, I mean, they were totally imprecise, and also your hand was between you and what you were pointing at. So, uh, cool guy. 
end Chris. of rant. No, that is really cool. Chris, what is that? What was this that? is the uh, I sorry I was pulling out of the box at the same time. This is the new Kensington Bluetooth wireless keyboard. Oh, where's that stupid with a little stand on it there, so you can put your tablet. Oh, cute. In. And it's also a case, so it's now connected. So now I can actually type something I need to type later because I forgot they just sent it to me. Hey, this works. Yay, nice. Kensington. When you're done with that, I want it for my Nexus 10. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take it to DEF CON with me, please. I need about, a keyboard to no. take to DEF CON with me for my Nexus 10. You know, that would be really nice. How about no? Okay. okay. Great. <laughs> Wrapping up the show. Yet another techshow.com. Chris Miller, I do notes. Larry Press got a blog. We'll have a link to it. Nick Carroll on AOTA. Richard Hay on a new domain. Ant Pruitt Point and Shoot Thursday. That's yep. tomorrow. I, I did write a new article at a domain. They just buried it in the science section, so I didn't get a. I didn't get a front Aww. page. Right. The science wow. section yeah. is so underrated, isn't it? It is actually. It is. It is. It's awesome. All right, a new domain. Check it out. Yeah, nerdtexture.com. Subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate that. Uh, check out AOTA Tuesdays. Yeah, it's Wednesdays. Point and shoot Thursdays. And uh, yeah, tech page one. We wrote some articles on there. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the Google Plus community and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, have a good night, guys. Thanks, everyone. Later. Later.